Hi, folks. I'm Larry Miller, but in a way, aren't we all? And here's the good news. This is real, and Colonel Jeff and Dr. Chris and I just record this to let you know I'm really good. I'm fine. I'm okay. But I may not be back for a while. So Colonel Jeff and Dr. Chris have been bringing me all the cards and letters you've written, and I want you to know they mean a lot to me. They mean so much to me. You mean a lot to me. You mean a lot to them. And I hope we mean the same thing to you. It's very gratifying to know that we've started to really build something here. We can't wait to do it again. You're the best listeners a guy like me could ever wish for. So remember, until we come back, if you walked out of bed today and had a job to go to and a home to come back to and someone there who cares about you, folks, the game's over and you've won. And that's still the truest thing I know. I hope it is for all of us forever. So until my return, remember, Homer is Homer. Pluto is a planet, and what do you ask every bad bartender in the world? Nominum quid geminus? That's Latin for, you call that a double? Still works beautifully. I'll be seeing you soon, and the colonel and the doctor send you their fondest hellos. Bye. From Level 5 City in Glendale, it's This Week with Larry Miller. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, and everyone who loves a really sharp knife set. Well, welcome back to This Week with Larry Miller. I'm Larry Miller, but in a way, aren't we all? And as always, don't they sound good? That's the Kevin Carroll Orchestra and the Dave Giaimo Dancers, featuring boy tenor Rick Hunter, asking the musical question... If it smells this bad when I pull your finger, what happens if I pull your leg? Which, by the way, is a little coarse, but an outstanding question that I, I don't believe I've, I've ever run into. More on that in a second. But first, and by Amazon.com. We have a bunch of things to, to plug this week. There's Amazon.com. As you know, we're very fond of saying anything you want in the world you can get at Amazon.com, with the possible exception, of course, of an actual Amazon. We don't know where to go for that, and if you do, we wish you'd please write to us. So Amazon.com, we can get anything in the world you want, and instead of just going to Amazon.com, though, you go to our show first, which Jeff, Colonel Jeff just cleverly actually rolled up onto the screen, because I really did forget again. I really did. I don't think I'm that stupid, but, but if I am, I really don't mind. I think at a certain point in life, it's actually good to understand and really accept and enjoy that not only am I not as smart as I used to think I was, I don't even think I'm as smart as I am. And whatever that is, whatever level you are at, whatever level I am, I don't even think we're that smart. In any case, the show's website is acelarrymiller.com. So you go to acelarrymiller.com, and there's a banner there that says Amazon. And you hit that banner, and then it takes you to Amazon, and then we get dough. Oh, we get lots of dough. And it goes, as we we're fond of saying, to keeping the lights on here at Ace Broadcasting. So that's what, number one. Always go to Amazon.com and on the show's website first, AceLarryMiller.com. And by Sherry's Berries. That's right. It's Christmas berries for $19.99. 
And obviously, it's getting close to the big Christmas holiday season, whatever you celebrate. And it's okay, as they say here, it's okay to indulge in tasty treats during the holidays, isn't it? Makes perfect sense. It's okay to indulge in tasty treats during holiday time, as opposed, of course, to the other 11 and a half months of the year when all we eat is porridge. Uh, but that's the spirit, of, they say right here, that's the spirit of Christmas. Sure. So enjoy the hol- overeating. So enjoy the holidays this year because you didn't have enough on Thanksgiving, but you, but you didn't have these yet. The delicious dipped strawberries for yourself or as a gift to someone who deserves a nice treat. So you send the freshly dipped strawberries. Now, by the way, these are enormous Fresh, juicy, mouth-watering. Those are those words. Here are my words. It passes the ACE broadcasting test. I've said this before, but it's true. Every time Sherry's Berries sends a giant box over, those things are gone. If you ha- if you leave the room to get a napkin, you've missed out. That's how fast they go. And this is with a crew of essentially 14 men who really have will, will eat anything. And if it's good, they eat it fast. So they sent... Two boxes over last week. Oh, <laughs> the colonel just put that up. They sent two boxes over last week, and Dr. Chris and he ate them all already. Thanks, by the way, guys. Thanks. You know, we'll, we'll see who pays for that first round Friday. I'm going to be telling you about that later. This is a very important step for this week with Larry Miller. But as far as Sherry's berries go, they're covered with chocolate chips, crushed almonds, and my favorite new phrase... That will never be able to get out of my head. Decorative swizzle. And they have add-ons like cookies, cheesecake, and cake pops. The point is, this is this, this is a pretty good thing, folks. And this is really the perfect treat. You know, you send your family, friends, and you have to get gifts for someone. This is a real nice gift. And you can double the berries for just $10 more. Why? It's just like Las Vegas then. <laughs> Hurry, you don't want to miss this incredible deal. Order now, and as we love to say about Sherry's Berries, it's the best food and the best gift at the best price with the worst phone number in the history of America, and the phone number is 866-FRUIT-02. And I love that they say this too. Or even better, of course it's better than that. Because it's, it's, it's a terrible, weird number. Here's the simple way. You visit berries.com. Berries.com. That's plural. B-E-R-R-I-E-S dot com. You click on the microphone in the top right corner and type in Larry Miller. You got it. Yeah, really, they're right about this, though. You have to see these enormous berries for yourself. And you go to berries.com, click on the microphone, type in Larry Miller. Remember to order these berries before midnight on Friday. I love that they say this, by the way. Better yet. Order right now. That's right, right now. Stop the show. Get out. Get out of the house. Get out of the car. Stop. Pull over. Order right now. So anyway, that's for Sherry's Berries, and we're very glad that they come back each year. And by, that's right. Here's a new and by, and it was at the front of the show, too. And by Audible audiblepodcast.com slash Larry Miller. This podcast, this one right now, is brought to you by audible.com, the Internet's leading provider of audiobooks with more than 100,000 downloadable titles across all types of literature and featuring audio versions of many New York Times bestsellers. For our listeners here, Audible is offering a free audiobook 
to give you a chance to try out their service and one audiobook to consider. They asked if I would recommend something, and I and I have something. And uh, someone had written in on uh, on Twitter and said, what do you recommend to read? Because I like to read at home. I like to put my feet up. I have that little table there where I have the leg lamp. And uh, I recommend it as a book to read. And they have this on audible.com, by the way, The Count of Monte Cristo. It's, it's, a, it's a beautiful book by uh, Dumas the Younger, Alexander Dumas. His father was a very successful writer, too, an extraordinary story of his life. But they have many versions to choose from of The Count of Monte Cristo. Even if you've seen the movie, this is an extraordinary book. It really is literature. It's such a cracking good story, and it's so gratifying. It's so nourishing to read, and they have so many audio versions to choose from. They have adaptations that are done by Orson Welles, by Robert Montgomery, and they have full versions narrated by some of the best folks in show business. And so it's unabridged, abridged, short-form adaptations, all sorts of ways. But try The Count of Monte Cristo for a free audiobook. If you like audiobooks, I bet you're going to love these guys for a free. And remember, this one, the first one's free audiobook of your choice. You go to audiblepodcast.com. That's A-U-D-I-B-L-E podcast. Dot com slash Larry Miller. That's audiblepodcast.com slash Larry Miller. And we're glad they're there. And by, that's right, can you believe this? And by a couple of folks who actually aren't paying anything, but we did they did something so cool that we decided here to mention them on the air. Uh, first of all, somebody uh, wrote in that a guy named Kevin Carroll, and we're pr- I'm just proud to say this about him. He said something nice about the podcast, and then he sent us three free gifts of something he he says, my friend and I recently invented Tenzi. That's T-E-N-Z-I. He says it's basically we're two guys in a garage. We created the game, he says, with kids in mind, but people like active members of the Larry Miller Drinking Society keep telling us it would make a great party game. So who are we to say they're wrong? With that in mind, he said... I'd like to donate a few tensies to you, Jeff and Chris. That was apparently before he knew they were promoted, of course. That's Dr. Chris and Colonel Jeff. And nominate Tenzi, he says, as the unofficial game of the Larry Miller Drinking Society. We are so proud to do that. By the way, his address, you can get these at www.ilovetenzi.com. And Tenzi is spelled T-E-N-Z-I. And here's why, uh, why I dig him so much. And and people like this. And and I was just talking about this with Jeff before the show. First of all, the game is a dice game. And it has 40 dice of different colors in it. And you keep rolling them. The direction's right on there. It's pretty simple. It's a pretty good drinking game. And, uh, and you roll. I won't even tell you how it's played. But the point is, he invented this with his friend. They have a packaging on it. And I just love people that get ideas and follow through on them. There's a guy who came to our house Saturday afternoon, knocked on the door, and I'm proud. I didn't even know the guy. He, he's, he's in real estate. He's selling a house. This guy, in fact, I'm proud to say his name. I don't even know if this helps anything. His name is Joe Diab, D-I-A-B. And this guy, on a Saturday afternoon at 3, he had an accent. I don't know if he was Russian or Armenian or something, but... This guy, with a big smile on his face, has a sport jacket and a, and a tie and a shirt on and a shoe shine. And this guy, on a Saturday afternoon, was passing out flyers on the block for a house that's being sold on the block. And I said to my wife afterwards, gee, what are the chances are that somebody on a block 
is going to sell their house to buy another house on the block. But what I loved about this guy was he is going out for business. He is out there, and he is saying, I'm going to spend three more hours on a Saturday, and I'm going to try and sell this house for these folks, and that means I make a living too. I just thought that was the greatest thing in the world, just like Kevin Carroll and his friend and their game Tenzi. So you know what? I think it's neat that these guys invent something, make it, get the idea, show it to their friends, and then make a product. I hope they sell a zillion of them. So that's www.ilovetenzi.com. And he suggests, you know what? It absolutely is. It absolutely is now the unofficial game of the Larry Miller Drinking Society. He suggested that. And the reason I'm going to stay with the unofficial on that is because I think it's so stupid when everything, as you well know, becomes official. And it's just stupid. The official sneaker of the Quakers. You know, it's just dumb. It's it, Whatever it is, it's just a, a, a thing. You, and you know, you know what I'm talking about. The official hair gel of the, the Olympics. It's just silly. They just sell it. It's all for promotion. And so I'm not, I'm not very big on official things because they really have no meaning. I'm thrilled, though to make Tenzi the unofficial game of the Larry Miller Drinking Society. And it goes along with something else that was just sent to us. It was a beautiful knife set sent by Dave Giamo. That's why, by the way, if you, uh, if you listen to the show and you know the subtleties we put in, and I'll bet you you do, we usually always make, it's a guy's name for the orchestra, and then we use a, a woman's name for the dancers, and then there's the boy tenor line. And this time, though, we wanted to also mention this guy, Dave Giamo. He was in a mall, and he writes, Dear Larry, I'm pleased to enclose that long-lost set of knives that you should have purchased from that earnest young man on that long-ago afternoon when he so obligingly bled over an assortment of fruits and vegetables for your enjoyment and the enjoyment of your listeners. If you know this, we did an episode where I told a story where I'm not going to tell it again because we don't repeat things on the show, as you know, but just that was, I'll just give you the high points. We were in college and it was in an afternoon. And normally, of course, we'd be in class or the library, but no, normally we wouldn't be. We wouldn't be. So we went to a mall and we were watching a guy and it was his last demonstration of the day and he was cutting himself. He was on a raised platform and this and the poor guy was tired, and he was a young man. He was 25 or 30 years old, and he bled all over these things, and everyone was walking away gasping, all the women who were in the mall in the afternoon, and we were the only ones left. And Dave Giamo, and this is he's from Canton, Georgia, and he says he sent us, he bought a knife set. There was a young woman there who had just graduated from culinary school, and she was looking for a job, as he puts it more in line with her training, and she assured him that the job was a, a temporary situation, but he was nice enough. This is another thing I thought was so cool. He was nice enough to buy a set from her, number one. She wasn't cutting herself, but he had heard the story on this show, and he was nice enough to buy a set, number one, and give her a couple of bucks, and that passes along, you know, the good news. It passes along the feeling we hope we're sending along with our show here. And he not only bought one from her, but he sent it to us. I, mean, I think maybe he bought two, and he sent us one, and he's, he, he writes here, Please use them in good health. By the way, my parents would say everything like that. Whatever it is, whatever you bought, that was always you. Please use it in good health. Here's some chewing. Chew it in good health. Whatever it was, it was here. Comb your hair in good health. Everything was in good health. And he says, please use these knives in good health. Or, and here's the key, place them into the permanent collection at the LMDS Museum of Glad Tidings 
whichever suits your fancy. Good luck, Godspeed, and God bless. Kind regards, Dave. Now, here's the thing. We liked that title so much, the LMDS Museum of Glad Tidings. That's actually what we're going to do with it. We're putting that, so far it's just over Jeff's desk in the shop in front of Adam's cars. But we are, someday we will have a glass case, or maybe we'll just keep going over Jeff's desk. It doesn't really matter, but we are, we love that name, the LMDS Museum, Museum of Glad Tidings, and the first two things in it are the knives... Dave sent, and still in the box there, and one of the games of Tenzi, because Kevin sent three of them, one for Dr. Chris, one for Colonel Jeff, and, and one for me. What am I, do I have a title? I just realized I, I don't have a title yet. Maybe I should have uh, Proctor, didn't we uh, say it was something like that? Or uh, In any case, though, uh, we decided to actually... <laughs> Jeff just wrote it. Head cook and bottle washer. Isn't that chief cook and bottle washer? The actual phrase for that? In any case, we're starting the museum. The only thing we're not putting in the museum is that leg lamp that was sent to us. And I'm sorry I can't remember the guy who did it because it was such a beautiful gift. It's the leg lamp from a Christmas story. And that is my, never mind unofficial, that is my official drinking lamp. When I sit down in the house which is why someone wrote in, what book do you recommend? I love to I love to sit down in my official Big Daddy drinking chair, and I love to sit down with my official leg lamp, and, uh, and then I sit down there with, my, with the momentary official drink, whatever it may be at that point, and boy, am I happy. So you know what, by the way? It's, it, it, there's something else to say. So that is, that is the start of the LMDS Museum of glad tidings, and so I, I thank you guys not only, not only for sending this nice stuff in, but for the suggestion uh, that was Dave's phrase uh, there. That no, I'm sorry, it was uh, yeah, it was Dave's phrase of the museum, museum of glad tidings. In any case, there is something worth talking about. Normally, for the boy tenor jokes, and actually, you know, come to think of it, as long as we're here speaking of jokes, you know what it's time for. That's right, the joke of the week. I'm having a lot of fun telling these, and I hope you're having a lot of fun uh, hearing them. And it's actually not the easiest thing in the world, because even my friends, uh, as I think you know, I'm a comic, and my friends are comics, and we really don't remember joke, regular jokes that well, but every so often one pops into my head, and, uh, and here's one. I think this is a lot of fun. Martians land in New York and get a flat. Now, right off the bat, I'll tell you something funny about that later, but I just love the start of that. Right off the bat, that's making me laugh. Martians land in New York City. They get a flat tire, and so they get out of the spaceship, and they're walking down the street. They're going to look for a tire store to fix their tire. They've never been to New York before. They've never been anywhere before. So they're walking down the street, and they see up ahead, they see what they think is a tire store, but it's a bagel store, and the sign just has a bagel on the front, out in front of the store. They think it's a tire store. They go in. The owner of the bagel store says to them, uh, no, it's not a tire store. It's a bagel store. What's a bagel? What, you, you never had a bagel before? They've never had a bagel before. So he hands them each a hot, fresh bagel, and as... They're eating it thoughtfully and thinking about it. One of the Martians turns to the other and says, you know, these would go great with cream cheese and lox. And I... <laughs> There's so many parts 
of that joke, and it's fun to deconstruct the jokes in a way after the fact, after you tell it. It's so silly. And silly is a great compliment, as I think you know in comedy. It really is, because that's why the worst people in the world have no sense of silliness about them. You know what I mean. The people who do, well, really, really, really bad things and... uh, since just now they're a, wait, a tiny bit touchy, that's all I'm going to say. But, you know, really, really bad people have no sense of humor, and silliness is wonderful. So the things that make me laugh about that joke right off the bat, as I said, Martians land in New York. Right off the bat, that's making me laugh. And what happens? They get a flat. I just adore that someone has to write these jokes. You know what I mean? Who writes jokes? Is it one person? Was it 80 years ago? Was it 40 years ago? This whole thing of getting a flat. Obviously, we think it's, we imagine it would be somewhere between 1920 and 1970, roughly. In fact, I was just telling one of my kids about what it's like to fix a flat because that's something really most kids today will never do. And I did, everyone does, everyone above a certain age has fixed a flat. And I described it, you know, it's one of those things that you just did. It wasn't any fun, but you could do it. In fact, speaking of the leg lamp, of course, they switch a flat in uh, Darren McGavin fixes a flat there when they go to get the Christmas tree, right? At any rate, though, so we, we, we're talking about that. So a Martian lands in New York and gets a flat right about right off the bat. That's funny. So they have a spaceship advanced enough to get them from Mars to Earth, but apparently it still has tires. That's what I love about this thing. It has tires. It's perfectly ridiculous. And they get a flat and they go looking for one. And it, obviously the point of the joke is that apparently everyone in the universe knows what cream cheese and lox are, but... Only people on Earth know what bagels are. By the way, I remember an item, maybe I've told you about this, but I remember a fast food chain, a famous fast, which I respect, I don't even, you know, need to tell you which one it is, but they came up with an item I'll never forget for the, a very snappy item for the breakfast member a couple, mem, uh, menu a couple of years ago that was ham and cheese on a bagel. And, folks, I swear, I still don't know whether that's a giant step forward or the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. Ham and cheese on a bagel. In any case, though, that is the, that is the joke of the week. And I, it, in a sense, it gets us back to... So when Rick Hunter sent in, we laughed at that. We're looking down the list, and please keep sending these in, the musical questions. So when we say it's the boy tenor so-and-so asking the musical question, Rick Hunter sent this one in. And if it was, if it smells this bad when I pull your finger, what happens if I pull your leg? Now, we laughed. Chris and Jeff and I laughed out that, at that. We laughed out loud, but then I said to Jeff, well, it's a little, it's not really our, our tone level. And then I thought to myself, and we all agreed, you know what? You, you, can't, you can't beat laughter. Laughter, in a sense, trumps everything. We laughed at that. I hope you laughed at that, too. I thought, by the way, it's a very, it's a very good, obvious question, because then the next question that forms in the head is, well, what does happen if you pull the leg? And never, never mind, I, I don't want to know and you don't want to know. What, do the intestines spring out? Is it something, something horrible, that, a smell from another century? And at any rate, though, and also this classic thing, what is it, by the way, about men? Because let's be honest, this is going to be mostly men. It, the chances are pretty good, I'm saying, that a thousand years ago, the first one to say, pull my finger, maybe it was 3,000 years ago, maybe it was caveman days, but the chances are at least reasonable. you got to figure it's four to one that it was a guy who did that first rather than the woman in the cave. 
it just sounds like something the average man do. Now, I remember, I remember also with my, with my parents, God bless them, I remember my father through the walls. I remember through the walls in our house. How many times I heard my mother's voice in the morning, getting dressed, getting ready to go to work or making coffee or something. I remember I would hear my mother's voice through walls go, belt and say his name. And then about a, two seconds after that, hear my father's voice go. <laughs> so this is, and that's, that's married, and that was 1960. And so that's through walls. And, my, and I still do this with my sons. We can talk about this, but I tell them this is not something mommy needs to hear about. It's not something mommy wants to hear about. I told you a story a week or two ago about how, my kid, the, the battery ran out in the car. My kid had to go to the, he had to go. He had to go. When you have to, it's, it's what's, what's more basic in wisdom in life than when you have to go, you have to go. And it wasn't the kind of go where a, a boy or a man can go standing up. It was something, he had to go. And the bathrooms were locked. And I said, all right, well... You know, when you got to go, you got to go. And I sent him around a tree, and there was a little, you know, the little league fields, and there was no one there. By the way, it complete, that's the point of the battery running out. And I called the uh, the uh, the AAA, and they were going on their way over. But it's completely dead there. There's not a there's not a human around. There's not a dog around. There's no one around. I bet there are dogs around now. But he he said so. He went around in the corner. The point is that. That night or a day later, and I think it was that night, he came in. Now, he's innocent about this, but this is a lesson we all learn. He comes into the bedroom. My wife and I are sitting up in bed, and uh, and I'm reading something with my glasses on my nose, and she's watching a co- I can't stand the competitive cooking shows, but that's something else. I can't. She, she loves them. And he comes in, and uh, we're talking about the next day and this lesson he has in that, and he has a game in this, and the other one comes in. And then he says, I can see his face light up, and he, and he says, oh, hey, Mom, you won't believe what happened today, and I know he's going to tell this story. And I start trying to wave him off like a bad landing on an aircraft carrier where you just got the flags and you're trying to say, no, pull out, pull up, pull up, pull up. Pull up, don't land on this. But he was starting to say, and she says, oh, what? And I said, no, don't, 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 don't. And, but he was already in it, and he just said, well, you know, I, uh, I went in the, you know, I, I, at the field there. I had to go to the bathroom, and, I, and Daddy said I could go around the corner there. And, I, and she, of course, her face just dropped. She said, oh, stop it. That's disgusting. Stop. I don't want to hear. You let him go at the feet. That's just you. You're disgusting. And you're disgusting for letting him do that. And it's, I don't want to hear. But she got out of bed. And I said to him uh, when she, she ran out of the room, not ran, but she, she doesn't want to hear about this. And I said to him when uh, when uh, she left, I said, you just learned a very good lesson about probably it's it's a generalization but it's probably a fair one most women don't need to hear and it's not just mommy most women don't need to hear about you evacuating your bowels they just they just don't need to hear about that and it you know you learn that lesson eventually well like you when you're 15 or like me i i i i i actually didn't didn't learn it till in fact I was uh, a courting my wife, and I had gone over to her uh, b- uh, apartment, 
and it was a like a small one, like all one bedroom apartments when you're single are. They're like it's like H O scale. They're small, and uh, you know the oven is small, the the bathroom is small, the bedroom is small, the living room is small, everything's small. The windows are small, the door is small. It's like cousin it lives there, and I went. Uh, so I had I went there at night. And we had a, a nice uh, dinner. I brought over Chinese food or something and a, a bottle of something, and uh, let's just say I was still there in the morning. Never mind why. That's not your business. But I was still there in the morning, and uh, she was sitting up in bed, and I went to the bathroom, and I walked out of the bathroom, and I, uh, this was, uh, well, early on. In, uh, this was the, the first uh, time I had, I had spent the night there. And so, of course, it was just before the wedding. Never mind that now. That's not your business. But the point is, I walked out of the bathroom, and I stood in her uh, bedroom doorway, and I was in my T-shirt and boxer shorts and socks, and I put I was arms akimbo, which is a phrase I love. I had both, I put both fists on my hips, and I said to her, uh, "Honey, let me tell you something about what it's like to be alive." And she just said, "Stop it! Don't, don't tell me whatever just ha never say that again. I don't need to hear it. That'll ruin everything. If you ever want this to happen again, never mind what happened. But if you, you see, she said, "Just stop speaking now." So that was when I learned the lesson. At any rate, my, my son uh, learned that lesson there. But still, comedy, in a way, trumps everything. And I thought, I hope you, uh, you think that was funny. My father was very gifted. He was uh, sort of a natural. If there was some sort of outlet at the time, I, I believe he could have done very well on the side with that. But uh, <laughs> there's, there's a time at which, of course, you, you don't want to lie about something. You just don't need... There's what we call a lie of omission, and this is, by the way, sometimes it's used for good, sometimes it's used for ill. Last week, I was sent home from the show here after I did this show, our show, my show. Jeff looked at me, and I had told you how I got sick and that with the little girls coughing behind me, and then there was the thing at Thanksgiving and hunky hugging the relatives, and my wife kept saying, it wasn't my sister, it wasn't her family, and, but I got sick, and I never get sick. And I had a cold, and I, I was sick enough, though, after we taped our show last week, and I was going to be on Adam's after that, and normally we go and get some Chinese food, I was going to get some tea, but Jeff took one look at me and he said, you know what, you have to go home now. And this is about 6.30 at night, and he said, uh, he was producing Adam's show too, and he said, you know what, you have to go home, I'll square it here, we'll do this, we'll do that, it's all fine, but he said, you're looking green, your eyes are glassy, you need to go home, and you need to get into bed. And I thanked him, and I was feeling rough, and I was feeling bad. And I was feeling not just stuffy. I was feeling dizzy. I was feeling unwell. And I'm like the Martians in War of the Worlds, as I think I told you. I, I never get sick, so I, the feeling was not okay. And I said, you know what? Thanks, pal. And I did that. I took a bottle of water, and I got walked outside, got in the car, and I then I hooked up the phone in the car, and I, I, I called my wife, because that night was a sports banquet for one of the kids. A season had ended, and that night, my wife was going to go down to the school for this sports banquet is too, is too lofty a word. It's a paper plate thing. It's nice. It's nice, people. It's fine. But she says to me when I called her up, I said, yeah, I'm going home, and uh, she said, well, wait, aren't you doing Adam's show tonight, too? And I said, well, uh, no, I'm, I'm actually going home now because... And, and then she said, well, then come to the banquet. And I, I said, 
Well, I don't, I don't, I don't want to go to the, to the banquet. She said, come to the banquet. I want you to come to the banquet because you should, because she said, you can take an hour, you know, out, out of this. And I said, I'm really not feeling well. And she said, well, you didn't tell me I'm, you're not feeling well. And I said, but once, I don't know, if, if you're married, you understand this. If you're not, you kind of understand it. Once someone, usually a wife, tells you to do something, I, f- I would feel way too guilty. I couldn't live, I couldn't go back to the house, sit up in bed with a big hot cup of tea and several giant shots of something in it, and I couldn't sit up in bed watching Boardwalk Empire in peace and enjoying it. Once she said, I want you there, you can take an hour to do this. So now I'm really not feeling well, but I went to the banquet, and here's the point. First of all, she slid in very neatly, that it was you could take an hour out of this, and before you go home, before you get into bed, and that sounds reasonable. You think you know what? I I really could. I could sit there, and even though my father never went to any of these things, and I never loved him less, you know. But that's another generational thing. My father never went to my games. My father never did this or that. He was either working or he was home in bed. So I go to the banquet. Now here's the point of the whole question of it's not a lie or a lie of omission. It wasn't an hour. Was it, folks? In fact, you know this already. It was never going to be an hour. Of course it wasn't an hour. It was 2.8 hours. It was 2 hours and 46 minutes. And it was, you know, for a sport where the, the coach, you know how they they always do this and they say, boy, this kid has a lot of spirit. You know, and they talk about other people's kids. You know what? I'm glad you love your kids. I'll love my kids. I, we've talked about this before. I don't need to hear about your kids. I certainly don't need to hear about a kid's season. So, hey, we're looking for big things from this other kid next year. And they, they always tell about each kid. But I don't need to be there. And then as I, I, I left, before they even started with the awards, I said, oh, I think I've got to go home. I don't feel good. And she said, okay. And I walked to the back door, and then I felt so guilty about leaving. I said, ah, oh, the heck with it. I walked back to the table at the banquet, so that I, I sit there, and she said, said, you're going, and I just threw my hands down. I said, forget it. I'm, I'm here. I'm going to stay here. I don't want to be here, but I'll for, just forget it. And that's when it started. 2.8 hours later, as we left, and she drove her car over, I drove my car over, and we walked out together, and uh, she said, uh, well, I'll take the, you know, our, you know our, one of the kids home. I'll take this kid home. I'll take that. And I said, all right. And she said, why don't you go home? Okay. And then I looked at, you know, then she, and I just said, oh, by the way, one more thing. An hour? An hour? Well, I didn't say it like that. I said it the way any husband would say it. I said, uh, honey, I'm just curious. Uh, it was more than an hour. You know, it wasn't an hour. It was, but inside I was thinking, an hour? But I didn't say it that way. And the point is, by the way, that became what what we started to call, this was not just a lie of omission. I, I was talking to the colonel about that later that night because he called it, yes, it should be a crime, intentional false estimate. And I thought, wow, what a great phrase, intentional false estimate. That would be if it were a crime, like theft of honor or something, that should be a, a, a crime. But see, so that's why I realized it's not a lie of omission, it's a lie of oh marriage because that's what it really is and that's what that's what it comes out to be but the night is not over yet because now it's 9:30 i should have been home at 6:30 now it's 9:30 i'm heading home 
but I have to stop at Ralph's first to get milk. And I called my wife and said, I'm stopping at Ralph's first. And she said, well, let me, I said, it won't get done. You know what? You take him home. So she's in bed. He's in the shower. Everyone's fine. I'm at Ralph's. And here's what happened, though, that actually became kind of funny. And this is why the same thing. It's the theme of your lives. It's the theme of mine. It's the theme of the show we're doing here. We've said this before, and I'll say it a thousand times again, that when things happen in life, you either laugh at them or you get angry at them. And I always laugh at them, and so does the colonel and the doctor, and so do you out there. If you're listening to this show and you like the show, you smile at the crazy things in life. You don't get angry at them. And I went to Ralph's, and they had... So now it's quarter to ten or ten o'clock, and they have a sale on whiskey, on Jameson's, which is a very good Irish whiskey, and... They have a sale that if you buy 10 bottles of them with the club card, the Ralph's Club card, you can get them for $12.99 a bottle. And that's pretty good. And so I thought, wow, 10. So I put the 10 bottles of Jameson's in the cart. I was going to get two, half ga- two gallons of milk, some eggs, and 10 bottles of Jameson's apparently. But now it's like the commercial for things you buy on TV. Because they say, they, what do they always say on TV? They say, wait a minute, we're not done yet. If you call now, we'll give you two of them. We'll give you two of the clippers, whatever the thing is. So I'm standing there in the aisle. I left the aisle with the 10 bottles of Jameson's in the cart. And then I thought to myself, well, wait a minute. As long as it's such a good price, why don't I get 20? So I did. I got 20, 20 bottles of Jameson's. You, there are weddings in Dublin that don't have as many bottles of Jameson's. And I have, so I have two containers of milk a carton of eggs, and 20 bottles of Jameson's in the cart. They put the Jameson's in the carry bag, in the bags, the paper bags with plastic bags because it's very heavy. So I'm walking out with 20 bottles of Jameson's, and they're, they're visible because they're sticking out of the bags. They, at, at any rate, I passed a guy who was looking for money, and he was like a guy from a, a mission. He was signing people up for the mission. Now... We've touched on this briefly before. I give money to everyone. I, I just do. I don't care what the guys are going to use it for. When it's guys on the street and they and some people always say, oh, they're just going to buy a drink with it or they're just going to do this with it. I still always, if the guy is right there, if I'm stopped at the light and the guy's right there, I always give people something. I, I don't care what they're going to use it for. If it gives him another 10 minutes of peace, what the heck? I'm doing all right. You know what? And so I always give them whatever you have in your pocket. You got two bucks, six bucks, whatever it is. Here you go. Now, I, I, I always do that. I don't think it makes me a great guy. It's just something I want to do, and that's that. And I, I always seem to do that. And by the way, I love missions. I do Ed Begley's thing every year, the, uh, the Midnight Mission. It's a great thing. And you see people there who are really wonderful. I'm doing it again this year. And, and so I love all this stuff. And so obviously it's a mission, so the guy has stopped drinking. And he has that street look. He was not an old man either. He was only about 35 or so or 40. And he had that street. This guy has lived on the street. He had that weathered look. It was, he had, you know, the blue eyes, but they're roomy and they're red. And the skin is cracked and it's very, very brown. And the hair, always a full head of hair, by the way. It's constantly annoying, always a full head of hair. But never mind that now. And so he's there, and he's standing out front, and he's got the clipboard, and he's got the box there with a hole in it. And for some reason, for some reason, even though I always give to a guy, even if he's just going to buy himself something, or I always give to something with missions, whatever the heck it is, I always give, for some reason, this night, the night after the banquet, 
that didn't take an hour. I was feeling cranky, and I wasn't feeling well, and I I just I just wanted to get home, and I just said, uh, he said, he held out the pen. He said, excuse me, uh, uh, Mr. Gino, and he starts to say, and I just said, you know what, please, I just, I just, thank you, no. I just you know, want to wanna get home, and... And uh, he just uh, said, and he had a great line. He only said, uh, it'll just take a minute. I have to stop speaking after a minute. That's all I can speak for. And he had a big smile. And I've always loved, I think I might have mentioned this, I always love when guys on the street or, you know, homeless guys, bums, whatever you want to call when they have a line, when they have a great line, I love it and I always give them more. I will still never forget there was a guy in New York who just jumped out in front of me, but like 20 feet away. Not, this is not aggressive. He just, it was like 10, 20 feet away. And with a big smile, he held his hands out and he said, Hey, you don't have to be a Rockefeller to help a fella. And I thought, Now that's a great show. This guy has a great line. I said, You know something? That's terrific. I'm, I'm thrilled that you did that. And I gave him, I don't know what I gave him, 10 bucks? Maybe I gave him 20 bucks, I think. I think I gave him 20. I said, Good for you. That's a great line and a great show. Uh, similarly, out here, there was a guy on a, on a ramp, an off-ramp once, who said, now this just made me laugh. It's very funny. He had a sign that he wrote up that said, I absolutely need $350,000 by 5 o'clock today. Now, that's hysterical, I think. And I, in this case, it couldn't, it was, he wasn't that bright because he was on an exit ramp, so you couldn't really pull over and stop. The point is, though, this night... I didn't want to stop, and the guy said something, you know, he's a little funny. Hey, I only have, you know, a minute, uh, 52 seconds I have to speak, you know, and to get all this out. And, and the point is I stopped just long enough, and he's smiling at me, and he glances into the cart. Because I had said to him, buddy, I just needed some stuff. i got to get home to the kids with this stuff. And he glances into the cart once I slow down. What does he see? 20 bottles of Jameson's. Now, in his entire career on the street before he stopped drinking. What would this guy have been looking... 20 bottles of Jameson's? That would be like the gates of heaven opening up if you're on the street. 20 brand-new bottles of Jameson's in a, in a super... But I've also just said to him, so it sounds like I'm lying, because I said I just had to get a couple of things for the kids and get these things home. So he sees the Jameson's and he looks back up at me, and in his face, it was... I laughed so hard, but he knew I wasn't laughing at him. It was that the moment in his face, there was such a mixture of things of, number one, he said, he's you can see in his face he's thinking, I can't have Jameson's anymore. Number two, when I could have Jameson's, I've never seen this much Jameson's in my life. That would have been unbelievable. And number three, he looked at me like saying, you're not taking this home for the kids. And he actually started to say something like, you know, I used to say things like that, too, like I was going to get things for the kids, and I started to laugh, and that's when I said one of those, okay, okay, and I felt a lot better, and I just, you know, reached into my wallet. I had a 10. I think I gave him a 10. He said, you want to sign up? I said, I don't need to sign up. I go I go to the mission. Whatever it is, I'll do, do some of it. I said, you know what? <laughs> I'm glad I stopped because that was a good laugh, and you know what? I actually felt a hundred percent better. I didn't feel dizzy. I didn't feel stuffed. Uh, there's an old saying that I have and my friends have. Doing a good set is the best tonic in the world if you're a comic and you do a good set, suddenly you feel much, much better. And you know what? Just by laughing like that, I felt better. And also, it was the anger and hate from having spent 2.8 hours at the banquet that burned the virus out. 
because I didn't say that out loud. But you know what? It really made me smile, and it really made me laugh. Now, the Colonel and the Doctor and I are going to start something we're calling the Million Martini March. That's right. It's new idea for the show to get new listeners, and we want a slogan for it. So send slogans in. Seriously, what we're doing is, I'll tell you more about this next week after we do it, but we're going to get a barber shave. There's a place called Sweeney Todd's in the Los Feliz area that still gives old barber shaves, old-fashioned barber shaves with hot towels and noxema and cream and a straight razor. And the three of us, I'm working on a show on NBC called Bent Now, but my last day is tomorrow. That's going to be a Tuesday. And my last shave of the week is going to be on Tuesday morning. We're going to each have three days where we haven't shaved. We're going to get a barber shave, and then we're going to drive to Musso and Frank on Hollywood Boulevard. We're going to put suits on and walk in like gentlemen at 2 or 3 in the afternoon, and we're going to get one of their famous martinis. That's the bar, by the way, where Wyatt Earp used to drink, and that is no kidding. And I'll tell you about it after we come back. And after that, we're going to go to uh, to uh, Roscoe's House of Chicken and Waffles for dinner. And so that's going to be quite a day. We're going to take pictures of it. We're going to put it up on the album, on the Facebook page for this week with Larry Miller. But we're calling that the start of the Million Martini March, where the slogan is maybe something like, you know, remember the movie Get on the Bus, the Spike Lee movie Get on the Bus? Uh, where So the slogan may be, get on the stool, or get on the juice, or get off the wagon. But something, send in slogans because, as Colonel Jeff said, this will be our, not pledge drive, but this will be our drive to tell a friend about the show. Tell a friend about our show, about This Week with Larry Miller. And as we've said before, don't start something. Don't go out like a salesman and say, hey, by the way, you should listen to this show. But if, if people ever bring up questions about podcasting, you can send them to facebook.com slash Larry Miller Podcast. Now, how do I know that with such clarity? Because, of course, Colonel Jeff just put it up on the screen. Send people to facebook.com slash Larry Miller Podcast and join us on the Million Martini March. And uh, let's see, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's see if, you, if you can tell a few friends. That would, that would be awfully nice uh, for us. By the way, Friday, December 16th, this uh, December 16th at 8 p.m., I'm going to be in Fayetteville, Arkansas at the Walton Arts Center with Cocktails with Larry Miller, my one-man show, and the Larry Miller Drinking Society will be meeting afterwards somewhere, I don't know where yet because I'll be tweeting it to you, somewhere in in Fayetteville. But all information comes from Twitter. All information, by the way, as you showed on the show's website, is acelarrymiller.com. My website is larrymillerhumor.com. Check out our show's Facebook page, as I just said, on facebook.com slash Larry Miller Podcast. Follow me on Twitter at Larry J. Miller to get your official Larry Miller Drinking Society membership card. Boy, he's putting these cards up faster and faster. I just want to say he's very slick, the colonel. To get your official Larry Miller Drinking Society membership card, send a self-addressed stamped envelope to Larry Miller Drinking Society, care of Ace Broadcasting, 10061 Riverside Drive, number 276, Toluca Lake, California, 91602, USA. You can get anywhere from any of those addresses. All roads lead to Rome, which is handy because, as you know, Homer is Homer and Pluto is a planet. So until the next time, folks, as always, remember... 
If you walked out of bed today and had a job to go to and a home to come back to and someone there who cares about you, folks, the game's over and you've won, and that is the truest thing I know. Be well. We'll see you next time, only on Ace Broadcasting. Transcribed for Armed Forces Radio, now in mono.